know, as I was thinking about preparing um, this message and the series that we've been in, in the gospel, and uh, two weeks ago when David Kai was here, when he prayed in his, um, the language of cuckoo, which every time I say that, I feel like I'm saying it wrong, um, but just how big the kingdom of God is and how big the gospel is, um, I did some Googling today, so these are 100% accurate facts from Wikipedia, um, I think plus or minus standard deviation of whatever. But here's what I, I just said. How many Christians are there in the world? It came back with two billion with a B. That's a lot of people. Um, if you're wondering how many, that doesn't even make any sense. I've never seen two billion people. If every person in Somerville were a Christian and then you'd multiply Somerville by 40,000, that's two billion people. So if we'd have 40,000 of our town, pretty crazy, right? Over the whole world. And that's who we get to join this weekend, week, um, in worshiping Jesus. Uh, the, the Bible has been translated into 700 uh, plus languages, and the New Testament itself has been translated into 1,500 languages. I can barely name, I don't know how many I can name, I actually didn't try, but maybe five. Um, but yeah, English, cuckoo, and Spanish is all I got. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it's not just that, it's not just the current two billion plus or minus in the world, it is also the saints of the past. Um, that we get to join in worshiping, right? Uh, um, Hebrews talks about that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and that they are in heaven worshiping. We get to do that on earth as a glimpse of heaven. And it just, we cannot fathom how big the gospel is, how big the kingdom of God is, how big God himself is. But also, comma, he is deeply personal. The God of the universe that has created, orchestrated, held together everything. In Colossians it says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. That huge God is also the same God that sits on the horizon and looks off as we are coming back home and runs to meet us and throws the robe and the ring that, that Will talked about in Luke 15. If you didn't listen to that, go back and download the podcast or just read Luke 15. It's the same, the same huge God that leaves the 99 sheep for the one. You and I are the one. Or the 10 coins for the one. Again, that's in Luke 15. That can be your homework if you want to. That God is so vastly powerful, the creator of everything, holds it all in the palm of his hand, but also deeply desires a relationship with you and me. He's powerful and he's personal. And when we look at uh, just snapshots of Jesus in the New Testament, we see this. Um, Lazarus. Great example. He, um, Lazarus was sick. They told Jesus to come. He dies. And Jesus, with the shortest verse in um, the Bible, Jesus wept. You guys can all memorize a verse tonight. Jesus wept, right? Deeply personal. He, he felt the pain of other people, and he felt the pain of losing his friend. Deeply personal. Then, deeply powerful, says Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Same thing with the, with the woman um, with the issue of blood or the bleeding woman. Jesus is walking through this huge crowd of people, and this woman has suffered under the care of many doctors. And she thinks to herself, man, if I could just touch the hem of his robe, then I'd be healed. And so she goes up to him, and she touches the robe. And it says Jesus instantly felt the power go out of him, and she was healed. Right? There's the power of God. But Jesus just doesn't stop there. It's not like drive-by healings. It says right after that, right after that, he says he listened to her whole story. That the God of the universe that he created everything, that he loved everything, that he loves all of those 700 plus languages and 2 billion people and I don't even know how many are on the world. 7 billion, is that right? Sure. 7 billion people. He loves all of them 
deeply, eight, okay, thank you, um, deeply personal, deeply uh, enormous, magnificent, almighty God. And um, Paul, in, in uh, the book of Ephesians, he, try, he, he is praying for, for the church at Ephesus, and he's trying to, it sounds like he is trying to pray that we would be able to wrap our minds around that, which we cannot do but he would be able to, that we would be able to wrap our minds around. So that's how we're going to open tonight. I'm just going to read these as a prayer over our time. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It starts this. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So if that is true, if that is the gospel, if that is the kingdom of God that we are talking about, that it is that big and it is also that personal, it has to change everything about us. And I've loved this, um, this series that we've done. I don't know how many weeks it's been, but we've just talked about the gospel from all these different angles. The multifaceted gospel, right? It's just the gospel is that, that God is crazy about us, that he loves us, that we do not deserve his love, that we are imperfect, and he is perfect. And that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice that we needed so that, therefore, that we do not have to be separated from God in our imperfection, but that we can be reunited with Christ because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And, again, if that's true, it has to change everything about us. We're gonna, we've talked about how the gospel changes our eyes, changes our mind, and tonight we're going to talk about um, how it changes our hands, what we physically do, what we do throughout a day, throughout a week, throughout a month, throughout our lives, what we actually do with the gospel. And so um, we're going to look at Colossians 3. I'm not going to read it in Spanish. I'm going to read it in English. Um, and um, we're, we're going to talk about the ways that the gospel changes how we do what we always do, right? Whether, whether you believe the gospel or not, whether you have made Jesus the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, there are things that we all do. My example, as I've been thinking through this, is going to Harris Teeter. Maybe you don't use Harris Teeter, maybe you go somewhere else, but we, or maybe you just have your own self-sustaining garden and you don't do the grocery store at all. But there are things that we all do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. How does the gospel actually get into that and affect that? So Colossians 3 is going to tell us. We're going to start at the end and then start over. Um, verse 17, often quoted verse when you talk about gospel living. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, whether you speak it or whether you do it, do it all in the name of the glory of God. All in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And um, I've often quoted that verse, or I think I had to memorize it at one point in, in training for ministry. Um, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's not a lot of meat to it. There's not a lot of application to it. Okay, what does it even mean to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus? Do I just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to the grocery store and check the box. We did it. I don't think that's it. I don't think that hurts, but I don't think that's it. So, luckily for us, 
Paul was a pretty smart guy. He lays it out, Colossians 1 through 17, so we're going to read that. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is, is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And again, verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, I love this passage. studied it a bunch. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to soap it a little bit together. Uh, this will be the O of soap if you're unfamiliar with that. Uh, observation. I'm just going to call out some of the phrases that kind of jump off the page to me. Um, and then from those observations, we're going to make an application. Soaping, scripture, observation, application, prayer. If you don't know that, you'll learn it in community group this fall. It's going to be great. Um, so here's just a couple that stood out to me, a couple of phrases. That we are raised with Christ. It says, you died. Your life is hidden with God. You're put to death. The life you once lived, put on the new self, being renewed, Christ is all and in all. Now, does that sound like something that we can do sometimes and not other times? Or turn on and turn off? Or only do on Saturdays when we come to church? No, that's the correct answer. Thank you. Whew, glad you didn't say yes. Um, no, that is, that is our identity. If you have made Jesus the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, that this is our identity, that we have been raised with Christ, that we are putting on the new self, that we get to put these things on that are listed out in Colossians chapter 3. So a couple other things, again, um, in verse 12 and following, what they talk about. That our hearts and minds are on things above. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, Patience, bearing with one another, forgiveness, love, peace, teaching, admonishing, singing hymns, the message of Christ dwelling within us, and being thankful. What would our everyday lives, what would our everyday tasks on whatever your task list is, work, hanging out with family, 
randomly running into someone that you, you think you know but you don't know and you want to reintroduce yourself, what would those mundane, everyday things that we all do, what would they look like if they were marked by that list? What would our relationships look like if, they were all, if, if people asked and said, hey, how do you experience Cam? And they said, well, he's compassionate, he's kind, gentle, humble, patient. I don't think people would say that about me, but um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But what, what, would, that, what would those relationships look like? What, how, how incredible would those friendships be? How easy would it be to start new friendships if that's what we were marked by? I think it's way too easy for us to go into autopilot and to think of our life in gospel living as I turn it on and turn it off. That I put on my Christian hat when I come to church or when I'm going to the grocery giveaway or when I'm hanging out with people in community group and then the rest of my day I'm on autopilot. I need to go to the grocery store, I need to go to work, I need to have this conversation, call this person back, do whatever, fill in the blank for you, whatever you do, where you live, live, learn, work, and play. Is that right? Nailed it. Um, so the question then is, how do we win it back? How do we win that time back? Because it, from everything in Scripture that I can see is that this is not a turn off and turn on thing. This is a every day, every second, every hour, every minute that we would be experiencing these gospel traits in what we do with our lives. One of my favorite um, pastors when I first became a Christian is a guy named Erwin McManus. Um, and uh, he had, some people were interviewing him, and he said, they said, how do you, how have you, you've been a pastor for this long, how do you continually grow? And he said, the only thing that, that, that I can say for growth is a constant conscious awareness of the presence of God. A constant conscious awareness of the presence of God. If as we are going through our lives, if we believed that God really is as powerful as we talked about in the beginning of this, that he really did create everything and he created you and I in the Imago Dei, the, the image of God. If he really is as loving as the gospel tells us, if he really is that loving to not just me, but to the world, John 3.16, right? So for God so loved the world. And then if those two are true, if it's also true that the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, lives inside of us, if we could somehow remember those things and then, okay, now it's time to go to the grocery store and have those, those interactions with people. C.S. Lewis says, you have never met a mere mortal, right? All of us are image bearers of God. So how would that change our interactions in traffic? How would that ch change our interactions when we are taking the trash out and we see the neighbor that we don't always see all the time? How would that change, um, yeah, going to Harris Teeter and the, ca the cashier? Uh, this week I went to Harris Teeter twice. The first time, even preparing the sermon, I'm checking out. I did not do any of this. I did not pray. I wasn't thinking. I was not, in the, I was not putting my mind on things above. And I walk through the, the checkout, and I'm doing this. Maybe, maybe none of you do this, but just, you know, doing the scroll thing. And then the girl, the girl says, how are you today? And I said, I'm good. Like an idiot. <laughs> just awful. And then, wait, you're preaching a sermon. So then... Very convicted, prayed, <laughs> repented, and then I went back the second time, and uh, I'm like, okay, this time I'm going to nail this, you know, like, <laughs> God, use me. And I go in, and I am about to check out. I'm like, hey, how's it going today? Like, trying to be very genuine, and the girl, no emotion, just goes, hi. That's it. That was it. 
And um, I, was, I was telling Sarah that story, the second one. I didn't, didn't share the first one. Um, and, and she goes, and Sarah said, she goes, was that sharing the gospel? And I was like, I don't know if it was. I know what, what isn't sharing the gospel, and it's me scrolling on my phone. But I think if we could somehow, again, as Colossians 3 says, set our minds on things above, that being open to the reality that there are a bunch of image bearers out there that we get to bump into randomly or that we get to live next to or that are in our family, that it would change everything. That these things are not like, I don't need to try to have these like, like just, just be good enough and then you'll have compassion or be good enough, you'll have kindness. These are true about us because we have made Jesus the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, that the Holy Spirit brings those into our life and instead of going through autopilot, if we can set our minds on things above, I think more of our interactions would start to look like this. And I don't know about you, but in my life throughout the week, a lot more of my time is spent on the mundane tasks than it is the Christian tasks, right? Coming, I mean, we, we come here for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long I go tonight. Um, but... <laughs> But the rest, the rest of the week, or and, you know, maybe there's a community group in there. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'll get coffee with Will and we'll have a, a great conversation about Scripture or something. But like the majority of my week is work, hanging out with the kids, hanging out with my wife, talking to neighbors as I take the trash out. And if we can start to reclaim some of that back, I think those are the things that could echo in eternity. I think those would exponentially grow our impact. That is, those are the investing, as we talk about our Pray, Invest, Invite cards. Right? Investing is the ministry of presence, showing up in people's lives, and displaying these gospel attributes because it is the new self that we get to put on with God. Next page. Um, it also should change, okay, so, so it should change how we do things, how we should do the everyday. It also should change some of the things that we do. Right? Our, our lives should be marked by different things. Um, and Romans 12, which we've studied a bunch in this gospel series, we're, we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to do Romans 12, 1 and 2, because Rob said it was his goal that we would all have it memorized by the end of this. So we're going to read that, um, and then we're going to jump down to a, a different portion of Romans 12. But it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's saying the same thing, but slightly differently, that if we can renew our minds, that we can set our mind on things above, that we actually would be, that, that's our spiritual, that's our sacrifice, that's our living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God that that is true and proper worship, that if we can start to renew our minds and think biblically and think the kingdom of God with an eternal perspective, that things would start to change. Jump down to verse 6. Actually, we'll just read the whole chapter because it's so good. Never mind. We're going to go in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, 
form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encourage. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Romans 12 lays it out. All these things that, that he's mentioning are things that our lives should be marked by. Do not be conceited. I love that just at the end. Do not be conceited in all of this. Just in case you're, in case you're starting to get a little bit of pride in, in the things that you're doing, do not be conceited. But um, just a couple that, that jump off the page of me. Practice hospitality. Um, I, I was listening to a sermon by one of my favorite pastors, which was Rob and then Matt Chandler, um, and, and um, he says, hospitality is a meal and a blessing. And I, I love that. I love that. Just a very simple way to think, okay, it's not just having people over for dinner. Um, that's part of it. Or have some, have, share coffee with someone and buy it for them, whatever. But it's also, how, how can I bless this person? Maybe it's asking them, hey, how can I pray for you? What's going on? You know, what's really going on? How are things? How can I serve you? What do you need? Things like that. How can you be a blessing to somebody else? I love that it says um, at, towards the end there, if, it's, if giving, then give generously. Do it diligently. Diligently, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Um, how is our generosity? How is your generosity? Not just um, giving. You should be, hopefully, giving to Hope Church. HopeChurchSC.com slash give. But... Um, <laughs> How are we giving of our time and our talent and our treasures, right? Sacrificial. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How are we giving of everything that God has given us? The, I love these, um, the way in the New Testament that the snapshots of Jesus, the little pictures that we get of Jesus, you know, 33 years we only get all these little stories, but all of them are echoed through this passage and through the Colossians passage. That's why the many writers, one story. Of, but thinking about hospitality and the breakfast um, that, he, that Jesus makes uh, for the disciples after the resurrection. He says, come and have breakfast with me. And then he talks with, uh, with Peter and he reinstates Peter. Forgiveness, right? There's the blessing. He's not just making um, whatever, fish and locks, bagels and locks. Um, there's a, there's a blessing there as well. And uh, the idea of generosity, right? Je- Jesus had nothing, gave everything, literally gave everything for us, gave his very life for us, or service, washing the disciples' feet. Like all of these things can be tied through with Jesus. That the, um, We were joking earlier about the WWJD bracelets, but that's it. <laughs> like what, what would Jesus do in our situation, in our own context where we... Live, learn, work, and play. What is a way 
to remind ourselves of these truths on a daily basis. If you're taking notes or jotting them down on a phone. Um, I think that, that could be a cool thing to, to think about this week. What are ways, if, this, if, if I believe that the Bible is true and that I'm a follower of Jesus, these things are true about me, what are ways that I can remind myself to continue to do that transform and renewing of my mind or setting my mind on things above? How can I do that? A couple that came to mind for me. Time in Scripture. We talk about it a lot here. Spending time in the Bible. Um, Rob mentioned last week a note card on your dashboard. It's not very techy, but it works, right? Um, if, there's, if there's a verse that would remind you what it means for gospel living, one that I had in college um, that I put up on my, on my dorm room door, or my apartment door, was do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. If, if, that, if that was the only thing that I remembered throughout my day, how would my day look different? How would people interact with me in a different way? A couple more questions for you to to think about, digest, um, kick it around with your friends or family. What does our current, what does your current service and generosity look like? What does your current service and generosity look like? What do we need to repent of and remove from our lives from these lists or, or as we're thinking about our days? And then what do we need to double down on and increase? And what I mean by that is, hopefully, as, as we're reading Colossians 3 or Romans 12, that there are some things that kind of jumped off the page at you of like, oh, we, we do an okay job at that. Let's, let's lean into that, right? Maybe you think, I, I do a great job with hospitality. Let's lean into that. How can, how can we bless more people with that gift? How can we invite more people into that? And then, hopefully, also, because God is good, he wants to, to strip away what is not of him. And so what comes to your mind as you think about your day as you're walking through it of like, maybe I should just cut that out. Social media, I probably shouldn't be scrolling Twitter when I'm having a conversation with another human being. That's just me. I'm sure no one else does that. Um, and uh, I love, in, in, again, in Paul, Galatians 5, when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, which is which mentioned in, a lot of these are mentioned in both of these passages that we read. Galatians 5, starting in um, verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says, against such things there are no law. There is no law. Um, and I love that. Like, as, as we are experiencing Jesus and experiencing this joy and compassion, kindness, there is no law that says, like, hey, you're, you're maxed out on kindness for the day. Right? Like, we get to experience all of this in its fullness. There is, there is no law against experiencing these good things. And I think if we can figure out a way to renew our minds, transform our minds, setting our minds on things above, and actually live this out, we would, we would get a taste of it. We would get a taste of the life that we were created for, and then we'd want more of it, right? It, the, the minute that you have a, a real encounter with someone where it feels like a holy thing, you want more of it, where you, where you get to serve someone, right? A lot of you have experienced that at the grocery giveaway, it's an incredible thing that we get to serve our community. And then I would imagine the people who have done it, there's a lot of repeat volunteers because it, that, that's, what we were, that's the life we were created to live. Gospel living is the life that you and I were created to live. Here's the best part. Um, I think I said that before, but this is what I really mean. This is it. Um, <laughs> it's not a checklist of adding or removing things from your life. 
Again, it is, the, it is God in his infinite sovereignty and love and mercy and grace allowing us to experience more of him, allowing us to experience glimpses of heaven here on earth and being able to fulfill the great commission that he gave to all of us of going to make disciples. And if you're here tonight and, you, um, and, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Cam. I, I would not say that I'm a follower of Jesus. That's okay. These things are, are available to you. Jesus is offering that to everyone. Wherever you stand on the spectrum of, never heard this before, I've heard this a thousand times, that these gifts of the Spirit, this, this life that you were created for, is offered freely at all times. Right? Going back to the Luke 15 passage, Wherever you are on that journey of turning around, realizing the error of your ways, and coming home, Jesus is standing there on the horizon waiting for you to come, and he's going to run out, and he's going to throw a killer party whenever you decide to come back. And that's daily, right? When we daily decide to come home to him, and and that's deciding to make Jesus the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life. And so my hope, uh, again, tonight is that, that something was stirred inside of you. I love the power of Scripture and that um, it's, not, it's not my words, but it's God's words to us. And so hopefully that did something inside of you. And so as we close tonight, um, I'm just going to, uh, we're just going to have a little bit of silence and hopefully just pray to God that, that he would reveal some things. Again, maybe it's something that you want to step into more of, hospitality, generosity, service, a new way to serve, or maybe that he would reveal some things in your life in the day-to-day that, that, we should remove and repent of so that, again, not just to do the right things and not do the wrong things, but that we would get to experience more of him. So we'll spend a couple, a couple minutes in silence and then I'll close in prayer. God, thank you that you are so powerful and so personal that you can speak uh, specifically and individually to every person in this room and um, my prayer tonight, God, that that we would leave here changed people. God, that you would reveal something in our life to uh, give away, that you would reveal something in our life to to press further into you. God, I pray that, that the life that is outlined in Scripture that everyone in this room would get to experience. I pray that that our lives would be marked by kindness, compassion, joy, patience, forgiveness, that the word of God would dwell richly in all of our lives. Jesus, thank you for this church. God, I pray that that our everyday interactions, our everyday lives would be marked by this and that that those actions would, would echo in eternity, that we would start to see people come to you real and meaningful ways through the mundane, everyday things we do. And so we just pray a blessing over these friends that we really would, as a church, live out the gospel. It's your name we pray. Amen.